Alright, welcome to the ATM Podcast. Here we bring you the latest news, analysis and opinions on all things sport. I'm joined here by my two co-hosts, Abaoko Zitule and Munash Kirimi. And first on the agenda is the appointment of former England boss Sam Allardyce. Leeds United have sacked Javi Garcia um, after a disappointing last five games. Um, so big Sam, Sam Allardyce has a big job ahead of him, you know. Um, and panel, what do you guys think about this appointment? Thanks for that, Tabang. I think that Sam Allardyce chose horrib- a horrible timing to take this job because their last fixtures are against Man City, Newcastle, West Ham and Tottenham. But... I think it was very telling that along with the coach being sacked, Lee's decided to part company with their sporting director, Victor Orta, mm. which also means that th- he basically also had to carry the can because a lot of players this season are struggling over the years. There have been some disastrous signings. Yeah. Whether that's Jean Kevin or Gustin, who's cost that club 40 million. Or Junior Fuyapo, who struggled to stay fit and also struggled for form. Mm. And the fact that they've signed centre-backs, but they've not really set the world alight. So there is that issue. And Victor Orta rightfully carried the can. But I don't think, unless the other teams at the bottom struggle... Mm-hmm. I think Sam Allardyce just saw the paycheck and decided, okay, let me take a chance. Because the reports are saying he's going to get a 500,000 base salary <laughs> and a 2.5 million bonus if he keeps them up. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, if he gets the job done, it'll 100% be worth it for him, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Nah. I was saying uh, pretty much that... Um, if Samuel does this, this job done, hey man, listen, that'll certify his position as definitely one of the, the best to ever do it, you know. Maybe not in terms of winning, you know, any silverware, but yeah. in terms of his reputation of keeping teams alive, man, he'll go down as probably the all-time great in doing so. Um, do I think he's going he's gonna to do it? No, I'm not going to lie to you. The, like Munashi um, said also, Leeds have a tough couple of games left and I don't see them winning anything maybe besides two maybe competing against who are the teams again um uh the last the winnable games are west ham and tottenham Mm. the other two are man city and newcastle and man city want to win the league newcastle want to secure top four west ham might just be safe maybe they'll be on the beach because we know southampton are down and Tottenham aren't really going to make it into Europa League. So I think they're down. Well, then in that case, bro, for me personally, you know what? I'm, I'm Big Sam's bigger support in this case then. Uh, you know what? Do your thing, boy. Go and make City drop points. And uh, yeah, you know what? That, that, that's more than enough for me, dog. I don't care if you if you lose the, the remaining three games. But if you can hold City to maybe a point, bro. Hey, man. You already my goat in my opinion, to be honest with you. So, yeah, do 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 what you gotta do. Uh, help help Arsenal, you know, actually do what they need to do. Hopefully, we also do our part. But yeah, in terms of 
those fixtures, like you said, definitely, definitely tough. Maybe I don't even see them. Six points is also kind of a stretch because I do think Spurs are a better team than Leeds, regardless of how terrible Spurs are. I'd, I'd probably see maybe four points from that. Like, they could probably win against... Now they'll draw against Spurs. They're going to lose against Newcastle. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, they maybe keep, you know, City at bay. Knowing Samuel Dice is definitely one of those people who put everyone behind the ball, just to work hard in defending, you know, and get the the odd goal. So if he can do that against any of those four, the, the last four teams that he has, yeah, he can definitely, he can definitely get that bonus of his, man. And he's more than capable of doing so. And with that said, too, um, uh, just to add on, I'm uh, I'm gonna say I'm also uh, a supporter of Sam Allardyce because if you look at the last five jobs that he had in the Premier League, yes, I get it. Um, his last job at West Brom wasn't successful. He came in when the team was 19th and he finished 19th. But when you look before that, from 2017, where he coached Everton, he took them from 13th to 8th. In, two th- in 2016, he took Crystal Palace from 17th to 14th place. And in 2015, he took Sunderland from 19th to 17th place. And then lastly, in 2008, he took Blackburn Rovers from 19th to 15th. So, I mean, Sam Allardyce has really been, the, he's been, he's been that, that manager that's been able to come in and save teams on a consistent basis, if we're being honest. Um, I'd say he's had a 90% success rate so i don't put it past him you know even and and you pay you pay sam allardyce that money because of what he's proved in the premier league you know i don't think you can take away from from what he's proved in the premier league he's proved that he can come in he can't be successful i know the fixtures are against him because newcastle's fighting for top four city's fighting for the title um, but I, I honestly think I, I feel like he can, he can upset Newcastle. I don't think City would let up on, on him. I think, I think he could, he could get a result against Newcastle, as well as West Ham, and then against Tottenham. I'm, I'm interested to see how you do. You know, uh, Tottenham's form hasn't been very good, so he, ha- he, he can get points off of that game, in my opinion. But yeah, man, I, I think, I think it was a good appointment for them. Um, I think they will. They they'll survive the drop, and I think Everton, Southampton, and um, and Nottingham Forest will be the teams that that meet the drop. Hi, TB, TB, TB. I think Leeds are going for the drop. I am happy to see Big Sam back because the press conferences are very entertaining. He has a very high opinion of himself. He just said right now that the likes of Guardiola and Arteta aren't even better than him. <laughs> so, man really has a high opinion of himself. Yeah. But we need those types of personalities in the Premier League. We always have had these more respectful coaches with mutual respect. So it's nice to have those coaches with that fire. But like I said, he's probably just here for the money. Like It's a 2.5 million bonus, which he probably won't get. Mm-hmm. So I think if he took it a lot earlier and if Leeds were more proactive and sacked Javi Gracia earlier, 
I think that he would have definitely got that 2.5 million bonus because the fixtures aren't favorable. But those are just my thoughts. Well, that's fair enough. Um, I think with with the conclusion of that, we can talk about how we feel the relegation battle's going and who you think will survive the drop and which teams you think will get relegated. So we got Southampton, Nottingham Forest, um, Everton, and West Ham in the relegation battle at this point, if we're being honest. Um, out of all those teams... Who do you guys think is favorable? Should I should I, I'm gonna go over I'm gonna go over who, uh, who, who Nottingham Forest is gonna face in the lo- in their last four games? So Nottingham Forest has Southampton, um, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Crystal Palace left, um, for their fixtures, and then for Everton they have to still face Brighton, Man City, Wolves, and Bournemouth, and then um. And then, of course, uh, you just heard what Munar said about Leeds uh, fixtures. They got Newcastle, Man City, um, Tottenham, and West Ham. You know, out of all those teams, who do you guys think will be able to survive the drop and who do you think will, will, will uh, um, get relegated? So we're going to start off with Munash first. Um, what do you think, bro? To be honest... I think Southampton are down. Like I said in the previous episode, I think the Arsenal game was a killer. If they maybe won that game, there would have still been some fights, so I think they are down. And then with Everton, I think that there are some tough fixtures there. They still have to play Man City. They have to play a Brighton that want to challenge for Europe. They do have two favorable fixtures in Wolves and Bournemouth because most likely they're going to be safe. But I think they are going to be going down. And then with Nottingham Forest, there are some tough fixtures because they have to play Southampton. I think they'll win that game. Chelsea, I don't know how that game will go because both teams are just awful. (laughs) Arsenal, I think they will lose that game. Arsenal want to challenge for the league and they want to do their best. And Palace, even though they've secured safety in all but all but officially, I think they still want they'll probably be one of those teams that are like, yeah. We've won, but let's just play to our best anyway. They're not those teams that go on the beach. So, but Leicester, I think, are staying up, like I said. And then it's really between Everton, I think, are going down because of the City game. Mm -hmm. And I think they'll also lose to Brighton. Nah, I think West Ham is safe. I think they'll just about make it. They have to face Leeds. And I think that game will either be a draw or a win for West Ham. With Nottingham Forest and Leeds, I'm mostly banking on Leeds. Not because I think Forest are a good team, yeah, but because... Leeds have to have a tougher run of teams to face. 
Yes, they are the last two games are winnable against Tottenham. And the other team is Wolves, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's West Ham. Tottenham Tottenham would have been winnable if Stellini was still in charge, but under Mason, they are playing a lot better. And West Ham might still be needing some points for the relegation zone. So my bottom three is going to be Southampton, Everton, and Leeds. Um, that's fair. Uh, to be honest, this relegation battle, I think it's all but maybe for one team. I think Southampton is most likely the clear, clear favorite, unfortunate favorite to, to be going down. Yeah. I, I don't honestly see them staying up. They are, of course, dead last with 24 points. Um, Everton are slightly ahead of them with five, five, five more points. Huh. I I personally don't want to see Everton go down, but I don't see them surviving either though. So I probably have to agree with those two picks of yours, um, Manash, uh, Everton and Southampton to go down. But for me, uh, I think Leicester are gonna join them. To be honest with you, I do think Leeds might stay up. Nottingham Forest too. Um, yeah, I I don't think Leicester are gonna survive the drop. Okay, that's a very big shout. Okay. I'd just like to hear your thoughts. Why would you pick Leicester? Yeah. They haven't impressed me this season at all, man. Like, but yeah. They generally, generally haven't well, impressed me at all. And, yeah, even based on the fixtures, the Fulham, it's Fulham are a better team than them. I they can possibly get a draw from there. They're going to lose to Liverpool, Newcastle to West Ham. I also feel are slightly better than them, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I only see Leicester possibly getting a point in their last uh, run of games, for me, honestly. Um, they could prove me wrong because, you know, they do have outliers in terms of outstanding players in the likes of Madison. Um, but he's pretty much been the only player to have stand to have stood out for me this season from them, you know. Tillemans, been a quiet season for him. Vardy, injuries, of course. And Didi, definitely a candidate for flop of the season, for sure. Because mm. he's, been yeah, he's been atrocious, especially from all the hype he's had, you know, linked to the likes of United. I think I was linked to Chelsea and Arsenal at some point. But, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's... I don't think it's going to be, it's looking good for them. But yeah, for me, I think the third team to go down for me, it would be between Leicester City and Leeds. So either one of them, because they are both on 30, 30 points. So yeah. yeah, either one of them are going to go down for me. So my bottom three would be Southampton, Everton, Leicester, or Leeds. Yeah. That's quite a, a, a bold prediction. You know, if you guys, if you guys have, went on to our youtube channel you would have watched uh, you would have seen the video called how barkley goes goes in on leicester um i think arsenal fans just in general have beef with leicester whoa, i think whoa, they're hopeful whoa. of the, at, hold, hold up hold up hold up i'm gonna give you your chance to speak i'll give you you know uh, arsenal fans arsenal fans just have a thing against leicester you know i don't know where the beef comes from probably because they got a much more recent title than them 
Uh, and by title, you know what I'm talking about, the Premier League. Uh, but that might be the reason, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, but uh, in terms of the bottom three, I think I think it's going to be Southampton, uh, Everton, and Nottingham Forest. So the way it stands at the moment, I think I think those teams uh, stay in the in the relegation zone. And I think Big Sam Big Sam does his magic and keeps Leeds United in the in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, what with that said, I think that's the end of that topic. I think the next topic we're going to go to uh, is is basically just based on some of the managers we felt that had, um, you know, an unfair dismissal, if I must say. Um, one of them, well, we're going to start off with the first manager that, that who's, who's sacking might be, you know, might be justified or unjustified, depending on how you guys feel. But we're going to talk about Patrick Vieira, you know. Um, he was winless. Before before the before he got sacked, he was winless. But you could argue that the the teams he faced wasn't in his favor. Um, what do you think about the sacking of Patri uh, of Patrice <laughs> Patrick Vieira? Sorry. At the time when he was sacked, there was there was a lot of sympathy for Vieira in the reading I've done. Some people felt he was hard done by mm. because after he got sacked, Crystal Palace had a favorable run of fixtures of teams that they would be expected to beat because some of the teams they lost to before he got sacked, there were some big teams. The likes of your Arsenals and your... The likes of Arsenal, Liverpool and your cities were in there and some big clubs. But even when they were losing, there were games that they would go for games on end when they wouldn't even have a shot on target. So those were pretty damning stats. Yeah. So there was that aspect of it. But having seen Palace in more recent weeks and under Roy Hodgson, they are playing a lot better. The likes of Eberichi Eze and Michael Olise, their performances have gotten a lot better as well. The team looks a lot more solid. So I think ultimately it will be seen as harsh. Mm. But ultimately with the money in the Premier League, clubs are going to go with what's best for the short term instead of the long term. But even if you look at it that way, I don't think Vieira was going to be the guy because the same thing happened at Nice. Things started well and then it fell away eventually. So I think it was just a thing where things stopped working and then he just reached the end of his cycle at Palace. So harsh but deserved. Mm. Crystal Palace are going to stay in the Premier League again. And it's actually, I'll give Roy Hodgson a shout out because I think Crystal Palace have played better. They're scoring more goals. They just beat West Ham 4-3. So I think deserved sacking and they'll keep their Premier League status. And looking at our Bakwe in the corner, I have a strong feeling he's going to disagree with me. But let's see what he says. Wait, what was the question? 
Vieira deserved or not the striker? Um, yeah, uh, no Arsenal agenda uh, in me saying this at all. But for me personally, yeah, I, I disagreed with the Vieira thing because I felt like he did quite well at uh, Palace. Sure, he had uh, his last couple of games were not, you know, seen in a more favorable light. But, you know, given time, based on what he did also in past seasons too, um, I feel like he deserved the more, t- more time to do so, you know. Um, do I... Do I think Palace would have gotten relegated under him? No, um, mm. not at all. I still feel like he would have done enough to keep them up because, like I said, his track record has kind of shown that. Sure, they haven't played well this season, but a lot of teams haven't, you know. So, yeah, I kind of don't feel like it was deserved at all. But sure, clearly right now, as Munashi said, it seems to have worked out for Palace because they are in a much better position under Roy Hodgson. So, yeah, credit credit for to Palace. Palace management for making the decision, but uh, overall, did I dis- do? Did I agree with the decision? No, um, but yeah, that that's pretty much my thoughts on that. All right. Um, well, uh, when it comes to my thoughts on 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 Patrick Vieira sacking, you know, he did. He was winless in twelve games, but at the same time, um, when you look at the games that that. That that he w- that he was involved in, um, one was Brighton where he lost one or two. He he lost against City, he lost against Newcastle. So I mean, a lot of those games were were against big teams. So I can't really say I can't really say that that sacking was justified in my opinion. But one si- one one sacking that I can say was justified was definitely Graham Potter. Um, I don't think Chelsea should have ever gotten rid of Thomas Tuchel. Because uh, I, I believe that he needed more time, especially a man that's won you the freaking Champions League. You should definitely have a little bit more patience for, in my opinion. But Graham Potter just looked like he, he wasn't going to get it right at all with, with Chelsea. Probably because, you know, you can't really just buy a bunch of players with, without having a clear plan for them. Which is why Chelsea right now are sitting in 12th for a reason. So um, I felt like Graham Potter's sacking was was very justified. How do you guys feel about Graham Potter getting just uh, I mean sacked um, and Tuchel uh, and Tuchel's sacking at Chelsea as well? With Tuchel, I don't think it's a case of whether it was deserved or unfair. Because we know that Thomas Tuchel is a very combustible character. There was a lot of stuff that he wasn't happy with. So I think that even if he wasn't sacked, he would have just gotten very angry and quit. Or he would have done something to make his relationship with the management of the club untenable. So I think Thomas Tuchel deserved or not it was always gonna happen whether he left on his own volition or he was pushed out with potter i know he got thrown a hospital pass by todd bowley there was no need for chelsea to sign so many players especially because they couldn't really shift any players out so but even with the hospital pass most coaches 
you you get to see flashes of what they're trying to do. Mm. And with Potter, you never really got to see what he wanted to do. A- any of the stuff he was doing at Brighton, you never saw. And it's pretty damning that one of the worst performing Chelsea players in Marco Correa was brought along with him, has struggled. So, all in all, that was a deserved sacking for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, the to- the Tuchel, sa- the Tuchel sacking is probably the only one I can definitely say I disagree on because we all know what a quality manager Tuchel is. Um, yeah. Sure, he did not have a very, you know, decent run of results um, for leading up to his second. And also, I think it's because of maybe certain players, because I do remember there was a rumor saying he also got sacked because they, uh, he didn't want to sign Ronaldo for his squad. But we don't, how true that rumor is, we'll never know. Um, but yeah, I personally feel like Tuchel is, was definitely the best manager for that squad. I mean, he already won a Champions League with the Chelsea squad in his first season. So, um, given time and everything, I feel like he could have gotten the most out of, you know, the squad that um, Bowley had tried to create. Um, he also, sh- probably not understanding, or we don't, let me not doubt his football knowledge, but yeah, no, I doubt his football knowledge. I, I actually don't care. I don't think Bully knows what he's fully doing. He's just splashing money and hoping for the best, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it looks like to us from the outside, of course. So, yeah, him second to her, that was the beginning of Chelsea's downfall for me. Um, Potter did seem like a, a fair enough replacement, you know, to help them maybe, you know, steady a challenge for Europe. But it hasn't worked out because, once again, the fact that he hasn't had time to actually work with his players properly and he had to do it mid-season in a run of competitive games also hasn't worked out in his favor. Sure, there's also been some fishes where you think Chelsea are the clear favorites, but nope. Um, they've just looked a shadow of their, you know, Russian ownership selves. So, yeah. yeah. Um, for me personally, as an Arsenal fan, I love seeing this. Um, I I think Chelsea fans have been talking a lot of smack for the past couple of years, and they deserve to be where they are for me personally. It's, it's, it's time, man. Like um, your guys' manager said in the beginning of the season, you know, Errors fall, you know. So yeah, Chelsea. Um, no harm by me saying this. You guys haven't even reached the forty-point mark yet, so you guys aren't even safe from relegation. Uh, yeah, if you guys potentially could lose your next couple of games, to be honest, I don't even see you guys gaining any three points from those last victories. Yeah. But I would love to see you guys get relegated. That would be easily the yeah. biggest, biggest story uh, yeah. in the Prem, bigger than. Possibly even us winning the Prem if we do win it. Or Man City, of course, winning the treble. If Chelsea <coughs> get relegated, that that would change shockwaves across football, to be honest with you. And, yeah, Chelsea fans would definitely go in the shell. Um, but to go back to topic, um, Potter sacking, agree with, definitely. Uh, yeah, he, he he's kinda, it's kind of proving to us that right now that a lot of English managers aren't successful at big clubs and he's definitely the latest to fall victim to that you know um, yeah. agenda if I can say so um, but yeah uh, 
Yeah, that's it. That's it. Alrighty. And of course, uh, I'm not gonna mention all the managers that got sacked this season. So we're only gonna talk about one more manager. I'm only talking about all the controversial sackings, to be honest. So on the uh, on the agenda is Scott Parker of Bournemouth. You know, Scott Parker got sacked after the 9-0 thrashing by Liverpool on road. Um, the newly promoted team. Um, came up and Parker has been adamant to the board that they release more funds to sign more quality players to survive the league but that didn't happen and Gary O'Neill ended up taking over as interim manager you know when it comes to Scott Parker's case I can I can feel you know he's he's he's, he's pain when to to that you know because you can't you can't be in the Premier League and think that the same players that brought you up from the championship can survive the drop in the Premier League. So you gotta be spending money. Um I think it's unfair that he got he, I, I think it's unfair that he got sacked because of Bournemouth's unwillingness to spend any money, in my opinion. But they have been able to rally up and and and, and they seem like they're going to be staying in the league. But I still feel like Scott Parker could have done the exact same job, you know, with more time given. But, you know, with that said, you know what? Well, what's your opinion, guys? Here we're gonna hard disagree. I think Scott Parker was a deserved sacking. And look, guys, they won their first game against Aston Villa, and then they lost their games against Arsenal and City. And yes, it's understandable. Then they won against Norwich in the EFL Cup. And then they got battered 9-0 against Liverpool. And, yeah, you can't be losing 9-0 to any team in the Premier League. Yeah. I know, I know, Bakwe, I, I know. <laughs> so, so you're really going to put the 7 up. You took 7, bro. <laughs> you can't be plus 5 goals to any team that you considered 7. They considered 9. You, you and I both know that that was a freak yeah, result. result for Bournemouth too, bro. Guy. No, it. People just do that. They score a couple goals. You know, they can. They capable of scoring seven plus goals against clearly anyone nowadays. Maybe not like you know Arsenal and City, but you know United, United and Bournemouth. You, you guys are clearly up there. You know, pulling up the same thing. I think Southampton that achieved that Leicester did to Southampton. Was it Leicester? <laughs> yeah, a couple years back. Yeah, yeah. You guys are in that same bracket now, guys. But yeah, carry on. Southampton were beaten 9-0 a couple of times. Hey, we beat them 9-0. Leicester beat them 9-0. I think they did it twice, eh? We'll need to fact check that. Yeah. But my counter-argument to the 7-0 is that it was a freak result. Everything that Liverpool shot at the hair went in. Mm-hmm. With Bournemouth's 9-0, it was the, that performance overall was ass. And then for Scott Parker to come into the press conference afterwards and say all the things that Tabang just mentioned, you really can't be calling out your boss like that. Most of the time, unless you're messy, you can't be calling out your boss like that. And ultimately, he got sacked. And Gary O'Neill has basically kept Bournemouth up. And where I think Scott Parker was harshly done by, to be fair, is in the January transfer window because Bournemouth did 
sign players. They signed Dango Otara. They signed Hamari Tao Traore from Sassuolo. And then Neto. Okay, Neto came at the start of the season, but they've made him captain now. And he's now the number one. So I do think in terms of transfers, he was harshly done by. But even if he got to January and they signed all those players, I don't think he keeps them up like Gary O'Neill has. Scott Parker has shown that all he is good for is keeping a team. Not keeping a team. Getting a team up from the championship. And then that's it. He took Fulham up. And then he took, and then he couldn't keep, and then he couldn't keep them up. That was it. Mm. Look at what Marco Silva has done with Fulham. Fulham are now staying up, and we all thought that they were gonna go down. And then Scott Parker has gone to Club Bruges, a bigger club, objectively, that's challenging for titles, and he got sacked. And then in terms of Bournemouth, he took them up, but he hasn't been able to keep them up. So I think that even if he got to stay, Bournemouth would be relegated. So for me, deserved sacking. What do you think, Bucks? Because I know you're going to disagree with me. <laughs> well, yeah, I only disagree based on the fact that like, I think he got sacked too early, um, especially based on the teams he faced. Regardless of the fact that you lost 9-0 to Liverpool, that's just, of course, there's some shame in that. But at the same time, considering the level of position and the level of club you are, Liverpool are, were literally Champions League and Premier League win- winners not so long ago. And it's, it was literally almost the exact same squad um, that won that. And you coming up just from the championship, Scott with Scott Parker knowing that he needed, you know, to... to Hollister, his his ranks in both uh, in all positions. It's kind of unfair because sure the management didn't really back him the way he would have liked, but yeah, in overall, I think it was too early for him. If do I think he would have possibly kept Bournemouth up? I don't think so, but I I'm, I don't know. I guess in time it's kind of shown out that it's worked out for Bournemouth, but Bournemouth could still go down. Um, they're not, you know, fully safe yet. But um, if they do go down, then I guess that would be like Scott Parker saying, yeah, that's just a serve or something. But yeah, do do I think he could have done a better job than O'Neill? Um, I don't know, um, to be honest with you. Because I don't think Bournemouth are that great of a team, regardless even if he did stay for the transfer window too, like, like you said. So yeah, but at the time, when he did get sacked, it was definitely... For me, unjustified, regardless, especially considering, like I said, the level of position he faced. Mm. And he kind of also did decent in games you ex- expected him to win. Like, did you expect him to get a result at Liverpool? No. Against us? No. Against City? No. The other games he, d- he did win? We expected that. Aston Villa? Not so much, but he did. Uh, Norwich? Of course. And he did. So, where is the fairness in that? Thank you. The fairness is that Bournemouth are going to be staying up. And like I said, every Scott Parker can bring a championship team up, mm. but he can't keep them up. And look, he got sacked at Bruch. If he wants another shot in the Premier League, 
Maybe he can go to a club that's battling for promotion that will flop at the playoff or a team that has ambitions to get promoted. Then he'll get his next shot at the Premier League. After his Bournemouth fiasco and what happened at Club Brugge, I don't think a smart Premier League club hires him. No Premier League club will hire Scott Parker again. That I stand by. Alrighty. Uh, you, as always, you guys can let us know on your thoughts on uh, that topic we just discussed on in the in either on YouTube or on Spotify. Depends on your uh, on 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 which platform you're watching on or listening to or listening on. Um, but yeah, on to other uh, on to other news. Um, PSG have set uh, PF, PSG has suspended Messi for the next two weeks. Um, the suspension comes. Uh, the suspension comes because Messi decided to take a trip to Saudi Arabia. Um, he has been suspended for two for the next two weeks. This comes straight after rumors of Messi potentially making a return to Barcelona. Um, the fans have PSG fans have came out in their numbers to express their uh, their anger. They were chanting things like "You son of a," uh, you know, and also that they tired of mer- mercenaries like Messi. Um, and on to breaking news: uh, Fabrizio Romano has came out as well with the statement saying that Messi will leave be leaving Paris Saint-Germain at the end of the season. There are no doubts about that anymore. And behind the scenes, it is now understood that Leo's father, Jorge, communicated the decision to PSG already one month ago due to the project. Um, you know, I think I'm, I, 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 I'm, so, I'm shocked at this breaking news that came in, mostly because I was under the impression that he would still be there for another season. But with the report coming out, you know, I'm, I'm quite shocked at it. Uh, I just wanted to know what's the panel's thoughts on, on, on the breaking news. For me, I'm not surprised at this because PSG, they're torn between two things. There's one side that wants to shift away from this culture of having superstars and paying these people big wages and then there's the other side that wants to have superstars with the messy thing in particular i read reports that they uh, suspended him because they'd want to show people that we want to change the culture we don't want superstars to get away with anything I feel that if it was Mbappe doing this, they would let it slide, but that's a different topic for a different day. I also think it's very, this decision is wasn't really that difficult for them because A, Qatar and Saudi Arabia, my understanding is that the relationship between the two countries isn't that great and that Messi was there because There's a lot of reports about him being the face of Saudi Arabia's 2030 bid for the Qatar World Cup. And also, like you said, TB, Messi is in the final few months of his contract. So it's very easy for them to make the decision of suspending him for two weeks out of certain games. 
And also because when Messi, Neymar and Mbappe play, it leaves the the PSG team very short because none of those players are going to really track back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those. And I think that from what we've read online from reputable journalists, this, this, this was just the breaking point, like Fabrizio Romano also said there. Yeah. Messi wants, it seems like he does want to go back to Barcelona. Although now, if he does go back to Barcelona, will Barca be able to afford it, which I doubt. The only real possible alternative is to go to MLS. Manchester City. Nah, I think Manchester City is out. Or to join Cristiano Ronaldo in, in what's that team Ronaldo plays for? For Al Nasir. And then they can fulfill our dreams of Messi and Ronaldo playing together. To touch up, to touch up on that, by the way. Um, you. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but this week Ronaldo, Ronaldo's agent has came out expressing that Ronaldo wants to already leave. Um, the Al Nasir. He's only been in Saudi Arabia for a couple of months too, and he signed a massive deal. So I don't know how is he gonna get that right, but it has been. They uh, there are reports out saying that. Um, he'd like to leave the club and go to Real Madrid. Of course, the role that Madrid is offering Ronaldo is not on the field. It's more of an ambassador role, but it seems as if uh, Ronaldo and his family would prefer to, to, to leave. But yeah, you, but besides that, news, yeah, you can carry on from where you left off. All I will say to that is Ronaldo can stay in Al Nasir. No sane European club will give him a contract. Nigga, stop it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the hate you give Ronaldo is actually disgusting, dude. I'm, I'm, a, I'm tired of this, bro. This dude is turning on a, a full-on goat, bro. Ronaldo is still easily one of the best managers in world football dude. today, bro. <laughs> today, dog. Sure, he might not play for a, a top 10 club in world football, but he can still play easily in the top 5 le- European leagues, dog. Definitely. A lot of teams will take him. Newcastle, okay, Newcastle have Isak. They don't necessarily need him. I could, argue with, I, I could argue with what you guys are just saying about the top 10 teams. So, yeah, if you, if you, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. You, if, you, if you have an opinion of, of you think that maybe, I don't know, uh, Ronaldo could play for another big European club, mm, debatable, but the slander you give him is actually disgusting. It's honestly disgusting, to, yeah. to be honest with you. Okay, guys, just for context, Obako and Tabang have put very bad accusations against me, saying I turned on Ronaldo and I wanted him gone. So at the start of the season, I told these guys that no Ronaldo equals party. And Ronaldo left, United have performed better. And the reason I wanted Ronaldo gone is because, look, yes, the previous season was great, but the performances overall, because it was so geared towards them, weren't that great. And then this year, there were just so many stories about how he wants to go. And then there was the interview with Pierce Morgan, 
And my thing is, I don't agree with the fact that he could still play in the top five leagues. For that to happen, he would need to take a pay cut, which I don't think he will. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing for Al Nasir. And he would already be at a Europe, a top five European club. But we know he won't take a pay cut. We know he doesn't want to sit on the bench. So that's why he will stay in Al Nasir. I'm sorry, my man. He's declined. He's at the end of a cycle. Father time comes for everybody. And father time might come for Messi. Now to stay on topic on Messi, uh, I think I think uh, one one more notable thing to mention about Messi's possible departure or departure at this point um, is that Messi this season in the league earn he has the most goals and assist ratio, meaning he has the most goal contributions in the league. He has the most assists, most key passes, most big chances created, most through balls, most final third passes, and the most take-ons completed. So Messi's got a lot of quality, you know. So even if he doesn't, even if Bossett isn't able to do the deal, I think there will be plenty of other suitors. Um, but with that said, oh, you wanna, you, you got something to add on it, bro? TB, stats aren't everything, my man. We've seen it. Ronaldo still scores many goals for clubs, but the team's overall play was bad. Look, with PSG, they will be more than fine without Messi. They want to build the team around Mbappe. And one thing I forgot to say with the Messi thing is that, look, PSG want to get rid of some of the big wages, and Messi's on a big wage. Mm-hmm. And along with the whole Saudi Arabia and Qatar factor and the fact that they're trying to create a new culture, I think deciding Messi leaving, it was basically an easy decision. Less than six months on the deal, it's easy for PSG to go, okay, we're not going to renew the deal. Because financially, they're not running the club sustainably. So that's all I have to add. Alright guys, um, with that marks the end of the show. Um, please be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are on Instagram at the, A- the ATM Podcast. And we're also on YouTube also at the ATM Podcast. So please be sure. Oh, we're also on Apple Podcast and Spotify, of course, which you're probably listening to us on at the moment. And uh Please remember to like, subscribe, and drop a comment. A comment, and let us and give us your um, suggestions on what you want us to speak on next time. Um, peace out, guys. We'll see you next week.